Discovering the Rosicrucian Path Grandmaster Julie Scott, SRC Dear Frauders and Sorors, One of the greatest privileges and pleasures of serving as the Grand Master of the Rosicrucian Order is to interact with members and learn how they came to join the Order and in what ways it has enriched their lives. There are as many fascinating stories as there are members. This issue of the Rosicrucian Digest celebrates some of those experiences. The theme for this issue came about when Frater Sanford Bendix wrote a thank-you letter for the 50-year commemorative pin and certificate he had just received. He also shared how he came to join the Order and some of his related experiences. We thought that other members would enjoy reading stories like this, too. Having heard many reports from members, it seems that most of us discovered the Rosicrucian Order in one or more of the following ways. Through synchronicity, through the example or encouragement of a Rosicrucian role model, and or through outreach, such as a book, a video, an ad, social media, or the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum. Synchronicity occurs when events take place that do not have a linear causal link, and yet we sense that they are connected. For example, when we think of someone whom we have not seen for a long time, and then we happen to bump into them. Or when we are interested in a new subject, and we receive a related book from someone who didn't know we were interested in it. The events are related to each other through meaning, not through one thing leading to the next. Carl Jung, M.D., who coined the term synchronicity, said that the source for the meaning of a synchronicity lies deep within the collective unconscious where everything is undifferentiated. Synchronicities burst into our consciousness from this source. The larger self brings something to the attention of the smaller self. This may be challenging for us to conceive because we have been trained to view events as occurring sequentially. All of us have probably experienced synchronicity, though. The synchronistic event may not be the primary message sent from the self. Sometimes it just opens us up to deeper realizations coming from the source, similar to the symbolic messages of dreams. Synchronistic events often remind us of the amazing interconnected whole that lies beneath the surface of everyday life. Synchronicities often occur right before or during critical or transitional periods in our lives. Sometimes I have felt like a big hand is moving me into place for the next transformative event in my life. Against the odds, rather than being where it might seem like I should be, based on linear thinking, instead I am in just the right place for an important transformation to occur. As Frater Bendix shares in his letter, 
synchronicity led him to the Rosicrucian order. It also led H. Spencer Lewis, the founder of Amwork, to the Rosicrucians in France in 1909. Following a mystical experience in which he was directed to seek out the Rosicrucians, the big hand went to great lengths to place H. Spencer Lewis in just the right place on his incredible journey to reestablish our order in America. Many of us have been inspired by Rosicrucian role models. That is how I discovered the Rosicrucian order. I observed an acquaintance of mine, Emma Buford, who, unbeknownst to me, was a longtime Rosicrucian, in an intense situation in which she behaved like I would have wanted to behave. Someone made a racist remark to Emma, and she responded very calmly and powerfully. I was furious with the person who tried to insult her, and yet Emma was unflappable, a quality that I was trying to develop, and totally in control of the situation. I admired her poise and wanted to be like her. When I asked her how she was able to stay so centered, she asked if I had ever heard of the Rosicrucian order, which I had not. Later, she gave me a Mastery of Life booklet. I immediately sent in my application. Emma never pushed the order. Her example inspired me to join. Later, we became very good friends, and Emma was very supportive in my early years as a Rosicrucian. In this issue, Frater Julian Johnson shares the beautiful story of how his Rosicrucian father served as an inspiring role model and mentor for him. Sometimes Rosicrucians even help us from a distance, across time or space. In the 1930s, H. Spencer Lewis wrote a 12th Temple Degree monograph, encouraging members at that time to send thoughts of encouragement and peace profound to members who would come in the distant future. So there were Rosicrucians sending us good thoughts before most of us were even born. We can do the same for those who will come in the future. In this issue, Soror Amy Shaluli Dominguez shares her experience of being born to Rosicrucian parents, Marie Toulouse and Michael Shaluli, who practice the exercises and meditations in the Rosicrucian Child Culture Series. These lessons include support and guidance for expectant and new parents and their young children. With meditations, exercises, children's stories, and more. Amy's parents use the exercises to attract Amy's soul personality and that of her sister Mira into their family and raise them in the Rosicrucian tradition. Amy served as a colome, a girl who tends the sacred fire in our temples for many years, never missing a ritual. Recently, Amy and her husband, Ranxis, practiced the child culture series techniques to welcome their child. Today, in most parts of the world, people are free to practice the spiritual tradition of their choice. 
However, this has not always been the case, of course. For centuries, and still in some parts of the world now, participating in a path that is not the predominant tradition in the region can result in persecution or death. In the 1500s and early 1600s, Europe was gripped by intolerance and superstition that ruled society and people's daily lives, resulting in unspeakable persecution and decades long wars. Every action was scrutinized, judging if the person was supporting the dominant religion of the time. In 1614, a group of students and professors at Tubingen University in Germany anonymously published the first Rosicrucian Manifesto, the Fama Fraternitatis, which proposed new means for restoring harmony in society and called for others to participate in this transformation. This was followed by the next two Rosicrucian Manifestos, published in 1615 and 1616. Over 200 books were written in response to these manifestos over the next few years. Some criticized these unknown Rosicrucians, others defended them, and some longingly pled to be allowed to join them. In his open letter to the fraternity of the very laudable order of the Rose Cross, written in 1617, A young man who identified himself as SWRB wrote, quote, O、oh, you most blessed people, let me as well experience this favor to converse with the Rosicrucians, in order that I may partake in a little piece of your wisdom. If this I might experience, I would consider myself blissful. Neither wishing nor coveting anything lovelier in this world. End quote. It's unknown if he received a reply. In 2001, 2014, and 2016, the Rosicrucian Order published the next three manifestos the Appalachio Fraternitatis Rosae Crucis, published in 2014. Is a renewed call to all mystics and humanists to join us in working to overcome the intolerance and superstition of our day in order to create societies built on spirituality, humanism, and protection of the environment. So, in some ways, our outreach has changed over the centuries, yet, in other ways, it remains the same. In this issue, Frater Lonnie Edwards recounts his story of how a Rosicrucian ad awakened something within him and inspired him to respond immediately. Then Soror Gail Butler relates how she saw Rosicrucian ads as a youngster in her grandfather's magazines, causing her to consider her place in the universe and the idea of mastering her life. However, she knew that her very religious parents wouldn't support this interest. Decades later, when seeing another Rosicrucian ad, memories of her childhood yearnings prompted her to join the order. Then we share the story of Frater Alton Cheney, our longest standing member, 
who has been an active member of the Rosicrucian Order for 81 years. He was introduced to the Rosicrucians when his uncle, who knew he was interested in reincarnation, gave him a copy of the Rosicrucian Manual in 1938. H. Spencer Lewis, who was Imperator at the time, gave him special permission to join the Order when he was 18 years old, although the usual minimum age requirement at that time was 21. We also share the experience of a newer member, Soror Liz Smith, who found the Order through our online videos. Today, in the tradition of H. Spencer Lewis, we use the latest technology to reach potential members, as we believe this visionary would have done. Currently, many members find the Rosicrucian Order through our online videos and publications. YouTube.com slash TV presents all of our videos and the entire collection of Rosicrucian books, manifestos, and magazines is available online for free at www.rosicrucian.org slash texts. Many members have also discovered the order while visiting beautiful Rosicrucian Park, especially the Rosicrucian Egyptian Museum, which introduces more than 100,000 guests per year to the daily lives and mystical traditions of the ancient Egyptians, and through the activities of the Rosicrucian Cultural Center in New York City. In all of these cases, it seems that there was a flame of desire, conscious or unconscious, within the person that opened their awareness to the synchronistic event, the inspiration of their Rosicrucian role model, or the outreach. Some of their stories follow. You too are invited to share your story of how you discovered the Rosicrucian path and in what ways it has enriched your life. Please send your story to me at gmo at rosicrucian.org No attachments, please. Or you can write to me at Rosicrucian Park. I look forward to hearing from you. With my very warmest wishes for peace profound.